I'm going to take you today into an area of the supernatural that God has been waiting for the church to move into. Are you ready? Now, you got to be willing not to be religious. The Bible talks about old wineskins and new wineskins. He loves old wineskins. It's just that old wineskins don't receive anything new. But if you're willing to receive, and literally it's not something new, it's things that have been lost. And when you're willing to receive it, you begin to become the prophecy that God said would be the people who would have the end time transfer of wealth. We'd be the latter rain when the Gentiles begin to return to the roots of the Bible and the church begins to look like it did as the first church. God will confirm that with signs, wonders, and miracles. Are you okay? Now watch this. We're getting ready to go in a few weeks into our first fruit offering. And as I've said before, when we give this first fruit offering, God is going to bless it. But there's a, there's a, a, a mystery in the Bible, and we're going to read that here in just a moment, of why God will bless some offerings, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Now, now, when you bring in your first fruit, It will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive. How many would like to make 30% more next year than you do this year? Okay. How many would like to make 60% more? How many would like to make 100% more? Okay, now now God is not a, a preacher or an evangelist. He doesn't exaggerate. You know, when we preach, we call that, sometimes when we preach, we call it evangelistically speaking. But God will literally, when he says something, God will do not just what he says, but he'll literally do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. So in this time, and most of you heard it, but I I need to lay the foundation. In this time, as we're getting ready to go into Pentecost, We're getting ready to go into Shavuot, first fruit. In this time, we are instructed by the the teachings of the Bible to check ourselves and and not, not, not so much to see are we doing something wrong, but are there some things that we can do that's in the Word of God that will be more obedient, and the more obedient we are, the more God will bless us in every area, but in the area of finances. This next first fruits in three weeks is a wheat harvest, a wheat offering, and this will release financial blessing in your life. Now, let me show you this. In Hebrew, they understand it like this. The world is a scale. On one scale, there are works of darkness. People out, out all over the world are doing things that are not in the Bible. Correct? Okay, so you and I are given the word of God, and I'm making it simple. Every time, every time we do what the Bible tells us to do, it begins to even out the scale. And eventually, when we're obeying the word of God, 
more than the world is disobeying the Word of God, it will tilt the scales two ways. It will tilt the scales worldwide, but it will tilt the scales in your favor. Eventually, when the scales are tilted, it will bring back the Messiah. But until the Messiah comes, every time we obey God, it tilts the scales in our favor personally, and it brings the Messiah and all of his supernatural power into our finances, into our marriage, into our life, into our family. And so in this time, it's not so much about check to see what you're doing wrong, but God gives us things to do that are right so that the blessing of God can fall into our lives. The more you are blessed, the more people will want what you have. Isn't that true? The more joy you have, the more money you have, the more happiness you have, the better marriage you have, the better family you have. People will say, why is your family so good? And why are your children so happy? And why, are, why is your home so happy? And why are you so blessed? It's an amplifier that we can shout through and say, it's because we know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Now watch this. So these things that God tells us to do, they are called commandments. The word in, the word in, in Hebrew is mitzvah. Mitzvah. They're called mitzvahs, laws or commandments. Now, um, when we, one of the things that throws us so much, you know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, it says, I'll bless you in your coming, and I'll bless you in your going, I'll bless you in your, I'll bless everything. Literally says, I'm going to run you down with my blessing. But, but if, if we, how many want to be run down with the blessing of God? You know what it literally, it literally means? It, you know what it literally means? It'll mean you'll, you'll be so blessed, you don't need any more blessing. That's, that's literally what I mean. And you go, you're sitting there and you go, and I'll go, Tiz, here comes the run. I can't take any more. Oh, okay. All right. How many like to get to that point? Well, when we read that, if you obey my commandments, we read that there are 613 commandments in the word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that can name 613 commandments much less keep 613 commandments. Let me read. This is a book that Rabbi Schneerson gave me. It was written back in, in uh, the 1950s by an Orthodox Jew, an Orthodox Jew. And it says, uh, by tradition, Judaism, or the, the Torah, the Bible, has 613 commandments. This formidable figure is fairly well known. It's less well-known, however, that most of these commandments are dormant codes of farm, temple, and criminal law. The meticulous, pious, most pious person can find perhaps a hundred commandments that apply to our life today. But the child of God who holds just a couple dozen key observance will probably be called orthodox. That's quite a drop. 24 of God's teachings from the frightening 613. 
Now, when we look at that 613 commandments and we drop it down to 24. Now, remember, God said, I'll bless you in your coming. I'll bless you in your going. I'll bless you in your family. I'll bless you in your money. I'll bless you in your field. I'll bless you in your business. If you keep my commandments. Well, 613. Now, now understand this. And I know I got to repeat it because there's people watching live and new people all over the world. We are saved by grace. Everybody shout grace. 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 There's nothing you can do to get saved except receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But once you're saved, you ought to stop committing adultery. I didn't get any amen. Right? Is it okay to say that? You're saved by grace. Say grace. But once you're saved by grace, you ought to stop stealing. That has nothing to do with legalism. Now, I've run into people who have gone, oh, no, we're saved by grace. That, that's legalism. No, no, no. Until you say, I do, you don't. Are we in agreement of that? So now think about this. There are 600. God said, I want to bless. I want to bless you in your coming. Bless you in your going. Bless everything you put your hands to. Bless every place you put the sole of your feet. Just obey my commandments. But then an orthodox rabbi says, out of the 613, the most pious, legalistic, nitpicking can maybe find a hundred. But in reality, and this is an orthodox, orthodox, orthodox Jew, he said, in reality, there's really only 24 that we need to think about. Now, 24 seems like a lot until you realize if you're a Christian, you should already be doing at least 10. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm almost halfway home. (laughs) Are you following me? Now, do you see how it is? Now, listen, you got to understand. See, Christianity, you know, we talk about, well, we're not under that. That's under the law. Do you know Christianity can be more legalistic than any Jew ever was? Amen. Oh, if you're smoking, you're burning in hell. No, you're not. Oh, see, I felt it. See, thou shalt not fornicate. Preach it, pastor. Thou shalt not steal. He's a prophet. God doesn't say you can't smoke. Oh. Oh. There's not a scripture that says you can't smoke. You ought not smoke because it's not healthy. But you ought not eat every meal at McDonald's either and supersize it. But, we, but I used to preach if, if I used to preach if you don't tithe, you're not saved. That's what I was taught. If you don't tithe, you're not saved. That's a lie. I go back to some of the things I used to preach, and I and I want to backslide. You ought to tithe. Tithing won't get you saved. Tithing will open the windows of heaven. Okay, so when we're talking about Torah, or we're talking about, what's the Hebrew word, mitzvah? When we're talking about mitzvah, we're not talking about legalism. We're talking about things that God will do to tip the scale in your favor. And here's what the rabbis teach. It's not all or nothing. Now, I dare say, say that in, in some, some churches, 
there are not this church, but you know, how many know there's a scripture that says thou shalt not murder? Everything God does is what? Physical and? Now I dare say that there's nobody in, in this church that is murdering people physically. But I bet in, in, in all this church, or no, not in this church, but people are watching my stream. There's somebody this week gossiped. The reason we gossip is to murder. Good night, everybody. So does that mean if we gossip, well, we might as well go do everything else? No. How many know it's better, you know, not worship idols, don't steal, don't fornicate, don't sleep with someone you're not married to? But if you gossip, then mean, well, I might as well go do it. Let, let's take one step and then another step. In, in Judaism, it's not all or nothing. It's every time you take a step, the scales begin to tilt in your favor. So during this time, the rabbis, the Torah, the Talmud gives us simple things that we are to do to tip the scale in our favor. We don't have to do 613, but we can do 10. Oh, I need a better amen to that. If you can do 10, can you do 11? If you do 11, this is one of the reasons why we're doing service on Friday. Because one of the, one of the, one of the 10 is remember the Sabbath and keep it. And so in reality, most of the church world is really at best doing nine. So if you're doing Shabbat or you're coming with us on Friday, you're already at 10. Now if we do one more, we're at 11. Oh, my Lord, is God going to bless you? How many want to learn another one? Now I'm going to teach you something that is supernatural here. Now watch this. Listen Listen to what this says. One of the rabbi scholars teaches, many people say to be spiritual, you need to give away all you own. And go live in a monastery and meditate in the Himalayas. But that is not what God says. What God says is, now listen to this, this is so good. What God says is keep your home, keep your marriage, keep your children, keep your career, keep your life, but take it all to a higher level. That's the idea of what is called a mitzvah. A mitzvah is a connection between your world and a higher force. God's goal is for you to get out of life everything that life has been ordained to give you. God is not saying give up, give up everything. God is saying keep it. But by following the commandments of the Lord, take everything God has given you and take it to a higher level so life can give you all the goodness that God has made just for you. How many want to take their life to a higher level? Okay, read with me in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 13. Look with me at, oh, for the sake of time, let's look at, at, Verse 3, verse 3. And he spoke to many, many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, 
and the birds came and devoured it. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no deep depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked out the harvest. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, or literally, he who has ears to understand, let him understand. Now, God says, my people destroy for what reason? Let him who has ears to hear, understand. Disciples came to Jesus, to him, and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries. Everybody say mystery. Say it again. Because what I'm going to teach you is going to show you that there is, no matter how much Bible you and I know, there's more to learn. Let me read it again. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Now look at me. To whoever has, more will be given. Whoever has wisdom, more mysteries, more wisdom will be given. Look at me. With all you're getting, get wisdom and knowledge. For whoever has, to him will more be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That's not talking about money. That's talking about the wisdom of God. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see, hearing do they not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, seeing you will see, but not perceive, for the heart of this people has grown dull. The ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn, so that I should heal them or make them whole. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they understand. For assuredly I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you are seeing but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Now watch this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So this is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed, the word of God, on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root in him himself, but endures only for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. 
Now he who received the seed among thorns, the word of God, is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But here's you. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word of God and understands it, who indeed bears fruit, producing some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Now look at me. When we give our tithes, or when we give our first fruit offering, it will always be blessed, always. But some will be blessed thirty, some will be blessed sixty, some will be blessed a hundred. And the reason why there's a difference is by the understanding and the wisdom of the Word of God. Third John says this, Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul. Let me say it again. How many believe God wants you to prosper? The level of prosperity is from obedience to God, we know that, but it also is by the understanding of the wisdom of God as our soul. The word soul in Hebrew means the ability to think, the ability to understand, and the ability to go deeper into the Word of God. Look at me. The ability to think, the ability to understand, and the ability to go deeper into the Word of God. This is why the Bible says, study to approve yourself worthy, rightly dividing, rightly understanding the Word of God. The idea of looking for a deeper meaning in the Bible is no different than looking for a deeper meaning. This is written by a rabbi. No no different than looking for a deeper meaning in science. Just as we look for deeper meanings in science to understand the workings of nature, so too we need to look for the deeper readings in the Bible. King Solomon said in Proverbs 25, 11, a word well spoken, now listen, put your thinking cap on, a word well spoken is like apples of gold in a silver dish. Rabbi Mamamides in, in a great, great teaching uh, commentary that he wrote called The Guide to Perplex, explains Solomon's proverb. He said, the silver dish is the literal text of the Bible, as seen from a distance. Now, this is where most Christians are. We see the literal text from a distance. But watch this. The apples of gold are the secrets that God holds within the silver dish of the Bible text. He said there is what we see as the milk, but then as we mature, God takes us from milk into meat, and Solomon is saying the silver dish is the Bible, but there are secrets Remember what we read a couple weeks ago? The secrets are not far. They are in the Word of God, and they are yours. How many want to know the secrets? 
Now watch this. The secrets held within the silver dish of the Bible text. He goes on to say, thousands of years ago, we learned that there are hidden things in the text of the Bible that explain the meaning of God's Word way beyond its simplest reading. This is, this is nothing new. When you first get saved, you get the milk. But as you grow, you grow into the meat of the Word of God if we have a teacher or if we're willing to be not an old wineskin but a new wineskin. So can I take you a little deeper this morning? Can I take you into something that will bring supernatural into your home? Are you ready? Okay, we all know the scripture that's written in Deuteronomy, and we won't turn there for the sake of time. In Deuteronomy, God says that we are to take the word of God. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's fairly, uh, 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 very, very important text, but fairly long. It's talking about the blessing of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the promises of God, the word of God. The first thing he says is that you are to remember the word of God daily. How many believe that's good? Then he says you're to teach them to your children. How many believe you ought to teach your children the word of God? Then he says you're to teach them to your children's children. How many believe that's true? Okay, so first he says we're to remember the word of God. We agree with that. Then he says we're to teach our children. We agree with that. Then he says we're to teach our children's children. We agree with that. And then right in that same uh, sentence, and he says, and take them and write them on the doorpost of your house. The Hebrew word for doorpost is the word mezuzah. This is a mezuzah. You see it on all our doors. You see it on our offices. You've seen it in our home. If the word of God is true, that we need to. Now, now why, is it, why am I teaching this? Because most Christians don't have a mezuzah. And I'm going to explain something supernatural. When you have a mezuzah, it is one more mitzvah that is tipping the coin, tipping the scales in your favor to bring about a supernatural response from God. Now remember, God says, you remember them. God says, teach them to your children. Teach them to your children's children. We know that. And then he says, write them on the doorpost of your house. Well, that sounds strange unless we go into the silver dish and we find the golden apple and what that means. Are you all with me? Now, the thing that bothers me about teaching this is most faith churches are just used to shouting and spitting, not thinking. Are you ready to think a little bit? You know, most faith churches, you teach and teach, and then you go, God wants you to prosper. Ow, ah, 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 ah. Now, you know, that's all we hear. But prosperity has a condition that some things we need to do. Are you ready to think a little bit? Deuteronomy says, take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. Now, listen to this because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to change your life. The rabbis teach thousands of years ago, make sure nobody thinks that this is a lucky charm. This is not a lucky charm. However, when we obey God and put it on the doorpost of our house, 
There is supernatural response that comes from heaven as we obey what God tells us to do. Let me say it again. It's not because what I read here is going to blow your mind. It is not a lucky charm. But when we obey the word of God, he will supernaturally tip the scale supernaturally in your favor. I was thinking, how can I explain this to pastors? Because pastors get hung, all hung up on, well, oh, that's witchcraft or that's legalism and that's this and that. And I was thinking, how can I explain this to pastors? And I thought, I got the perfect way to explain it to pastors. Pastors will tell you, when you plant your tithe in that plate, there's nothing supernatural about money. But when you take your money and you give it, something supernaturally is released from heaven where the God of the Lord of the harvest will multiply that dollar bill or that hundred dollar bill or that thousand dollar bill. Now I'll get every pastor say, oh no, we don't have to do that. There's nothing supernatural. When you put your, when you, when you take, when you have money in your pocket, until you circumcise that money, that money is filthy lucre. It's got a curse on it. If you don't tithe, you're trying to pay your rent. You're trying to pay your school. You're trying to pay your, your house with cursed money. That's what it means. It's cursed with a curse. Your money, almost, uh, uh, what do they say, 85% of $100 bills have drug residue on them. The word mezuzah, which has the word of God, means the doorpost of your house. The, the, the Hebrew letters that are on there, or the Hebrew name that is on there, is the name Shaddai. The name Shaddai is an acronym, or the letters that spell out Shaddai, is an acronym that means the guardian of the doors of Israel. If you are a Christian, whether you understand it or not, you have been grafted into Israel and therefore are heirs to the promise of Abraham. So when we talk about Israel, we talk about Jews. If you're a Christian, you are a Jew. I can feel that clan spirit over here somewhere. If you are a Christian... Doesn't matter if you're white, brown, black, this, that. You are grafted into them and you are heirs to the promises of Abraham. This is a book called Understanding Judaism, a basic guide to Jewish faith, history, and practice by Rabbi Mordecai Kotz. And he says it is obligatory for Jewish men and women, and now that you are grafted in, it is obligatory for Jewish men and women to have mezuzahs on their doors at all times. The mezuzah officially dedicates our dwelling to the Almighty. Just as all aspects of our lives must be sanctified, so must be our houses. Like the flag on an embassy, the mezuzah represents God's presence in a particular place in the world. Now, I know a lot of people are new at this, but when I talk about the Talmud, you know, every pastor has in their library commentaries. These are what fathers of the church say the scriptures mean. Well, Christianity has 10 
commentaries over the last couple hundred years, Judaism has tens of thousands of commentaries over the last 4,000 years. So the Talmud is the main commentary. In the Talmud it says that there was a, a man by the name of Onkelos, Onkelos, a close relative of the emperor of Rome. And he was not Jewish. Nevertheless, he was attracted by the beauty of the word of God and having sampled its teaching, decided to convert. The emperor did not look kindly upon this development, considering it was a threat to his own paganism. So he sent groups after groups of soldiers to arrest this man, demanding that he return to Rome. However, Uncleus told each group about his new life in the Word of God and succeeded in convincing them to convert. When his soldiers did not return, the emperor was irate. He instructed the next group of soldiers not to talk to Uncleus in conversation, but just grab him. The soldiers came to Uncleus' house and insisted that he accompany them to Rome. And he began to drag them out, they began to drag him out the door. Suddenly, Uncleus insisted that they stop. He went to the doorpost of his house, raised his hand, and placed it on a small box attached there. He then removed his hand and kissed it. The soldiers gazed at him in astonishment. Uncleus smiled and said, Do you see the difference between your human ruler and my God? A human emperor stays inside of his house with his guards outside to watch over him. But my God stays at the door of my house and guards over all the common people that are inside. This little box contains a mezuzah, he said, with God's holy words in it, protecting the Jews who live inside the house. These words had such a dramatic impact on all the soldiers because they had never heard of a leader who protects them, they always protected him. And such is our supreme God. Soon they too all converted and the emperor's command went totally unfulfilled. Now that sounds bizarre to us. Now hold on, give me a few more minutes. That when we obey the word of God, that something literally supernatural can happen. Let me tell you something. In me or in you, on our own, we don't have enough power to blow the fuzz off a peach. But in obedience to God, you can lay hands on anyone who's sick, and the blind can see, cancer can be gone, uh, diabetes can be healed. Why? Because when we obey God in that action, something transpires from the natural into the supernatural. And God said, my word will not come back void. Can I have an amen? Now, can I take you a little deeper? So God says in Deuteronomy 6, take my word. Now, let me, I just feel like we're getting a breakthrough and there's people all over the world watching. Is there something powerful in this word? Even if we don't read it, is there something powerful? Is there something powerful in a good book? Even if you don't read it, is there something powerful in a bad book? 
But how much more powerful is it if we open it up and read it and understand it? Remember, 30, 60, 100 fold is determined by our obedience, but also by our wisdom and understanding. So God says, take my word and put it on the doorpost of put it on the doorpost of your house. Let me let me let me go a little bit further on this. Take my word and put it on the doorpost. The word doorpost means mezuzah. The verses inside of the mezuzah says that one of the rewards for this mitzvah of putting the word on the doorpost of your house is that your days may be multiplied. Now let me slow down, and I'm taking way too long, but let me slow down because I'm, I'm, trying to take you, I'm trying to take you to an area that the church has not been in for 1,700 years. It was in it when Jesus was here. It was in it when Paul was here and, and, and Peter was here. It was in it when Mary was here. It was here when Peter, Paul, and Mary were here. But we've lost it. Are you with me? Does God say, teach my word, word to Think about meditating on my word every day. I'm going to teach on spiritual meditation before long. All meditation means is see it and say it. See it, close your eyes and see it, and say it. Don't let my word depart from your... Don't say what the world says, say what God says. Let all men be liars, but let God be truth. Thou shalt not bear false witness. That means we're saying something that does not match the word of God. I'll, I'll get into that. Can, can I take you there sometime too? Okay. All right. So God says, don't let my word depart from your mouth. Meditate it on it day and night. Teach it to your children. Are we okay so far? Teach it to your children's children. Are we okay so far? And then he says, when you put it on the doorpost of your house... He said, when you do this, that your days may be multiplied. Now, what you got to understand is the devil wants to steal physically and financially from multiplying your days. That your days, take my word of God, don't let it depart from your mouth. Take my word of God, teach it to your children. Take my word of God and teach it to your children's children. And put it on the doorpost of your house. Why? That your days may be multiplied. That is no more, that is no more strange than saying a tenth is the Lord's and offering besides. And I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. There won't be room enough to receive it. That's no more strange than that. It's just nobody's taught us yet. Are y'all okay? Now, don't leave my church and go to the first church of the frigid air. (laughs) Listen to this. The verse inside that says the rewards of obeying God in this is that your days may be multiplied. The plain meaning of this is that you will have, when you obey God, you will have long life. This literally means long life. But it also means that observing the commandment of God by attaching the mezuzah will not only give you long life, but it will add quality and significance to your life. 
I know I'm throwing you, and I know, I know the dangers of teaching this, but I can remember when Oral Roberts, I can remember the stories when Oral Roberts started teaching healing. Man, they tried to run him out on the rail. Now everybody teaches healing. And when, when Brother Copeland started teaching prosperity, oh my God, now everybody teaches prosperity. And I remember when I started teaching generational curses, oh my God, now everybody's teaching generational curses. And when I started teaching the seven places, Jesus didn't shed his blood seven times. He shed it at the cross, at the garden, at the whipping. Oh yeah, yeah, he shed his blood seven times. Well, now we're taking you another step. We're taking you further. This literally means long life, but it also means by observing. How many believe you're not saved by tithing? But if you tithe, it will add quality to your life. How many know you're not saved by lifting up your hands and praising God? But it will add quality to your life. Why? Because God said to do it. And when we obey, he adds his super to our natural. We have too long had the scales tipped in the world's favor. Now it's time to tip it in your favor as the child of God. Now remember, what did Solomon say? He said the tray, the silver tray is the word of God. The golden apples are the secrets that God reveals to his children. Let me, let me give this real quick. King Solomon said in the Torah, length of days is at its right and at its left are wealth and honor. But length and days are at, length and days are at its right and wealth and honor are at its left. Sounds good, but what the heck does that mean? You take the mezuzah, it means the wisdom of God, which God is going to release on us on Pentecost. On Pentecost, God doesn't open the windows of heaven. All of a sudden we go, we act like crazy people. On Pentecost, he fills us. Yes, we can speak in tongues, but he fills us with wisdom and knowledge. How many ways do you know to get out of debt? How many ways do you know to get rich? God knows them all. That's why Jesus said, don't you leave until you get the Holy Spirit. I must go. No, Lord, don't go. I got to go because wherever I am, I am. But I will send another who will not be with you, but he will be in you and he will lead you and he will guide you and he will teach you and he will show you things to come. What does it mean it's on the right? When you take a mezuzah, it is fulfillment of this scripture is a sister scripture to Deuteronomy 6. You take a mezuzah and you put it on the right side of your door. And then you do another thing. We'll teach it a couple years on your left. Wisdom and honor and gold and blessing are released. How? When we obey God's word, when we do the natural, he brings the super. Take my word and put it on the mezuzah, the doorpost of your house. 
Right? The rabbis teach concerning the mezuzah. Listen to this, and I, and I am almost finished. In Exodus 12, 7 and 23, don't turn there. God tells the children of Israel as they're coming out of bondage, take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost. Now, don't turn there. Let me, let me say this for sake of time. Look at me. So take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of your house. Correct? And then in verse 23, it says, for the Lord will not allow the destroyer to come into your house and smite you. Now, I'm saying this slow because this is more than just shouting. This is wisdom. Take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorposts of your house. And the Lord says, and how many times have I taught this? God said, I will stand. We use the word Passover, but it's a Hebrew Egyptian word. And God said, I will stand in front of your house and I will forbid the destroyer in any way to come into your house and smite you. Agreed? Listen to the rabbinical teaching on this. There's a Hebrew book, a Hebrew commentary called Michelta. And it is, it is the, the, the rabbinical commentary on the book of Exodus. Let me read from that. Now consider this, talking about Exodus 12, I will not allow the destroyer to come into your house and smite you when I see the blood on the doorpost. Now consider this, the, the, the teacher teaches. The blood of Passover sacrifice, this is Hebrew, was of little weight because it was required of God's people only once. This was not required for all generations and it was told to be done by night only, not by day. Yet he, God, would not allow the destroyer to come into their house to smite them. How much more will God not permit the destroyer to come into your house or into the house which bears the mezuzah, which is of much greater weight, seeing that God's divine name is written in the mezuzah ten times. It is there by day, it is there by night, and it is a mitzvah for all generations. The mezuzah on the doorpost as commanded by God at Mount Sinai still has power to say to the destroyer, you are not allowed to come into this house and smite God's children. Are you okay? It's not, now for all the old wineskins, that teaching is not any more supernatural than putting a seed in the ground and expecting a harvest. It is not any more supernatural than laying hands on the sick. It is not any more supernatural than I inhabit the praises of my people. It is just God taking us another step so the tail, the scales can tip in our behalf. Are you okay? Now listen to this. Listen to this. In Deuteronomy, immediately after the command of putting the mezuzah, the word of God, on the doorposts of your house, God says, so that your days may be multiplied and the days 
of your children. We've taught to lay hands on the pillows of our children. We've taught to plead the blood on the pillows of our children. And yet the Bible says, take my word and put it on the doorposts of the house that you, the days of you and the days of your children may be multiplied. Let me, let me zip through this so quickly. Deuteronomy, and don't, don't turn there. Deuteronomy 25 says, when a man is going to war, the officers shall speak unto the people saying, what man is there that has built his house and has not dedicated it? Let him go home and return to his house, lest he die in the battlefield. God says when you dedicate your house, you put my word on the doorpost of your house, and you will be blessed in your coming in, and you will be blessed in your going out. Folks, it is not a lucky charm, but in obedience to God, it is supernatural. When God says to do it, we do the natural. He adds the super. Can I have an amen? The Parthian king, Artavon IV, sent a pearl of purest radiance to the rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Judah the prince, and said to him, send me something equally precious. In return, the Rebbe sent him a mezuzah. Ardavan sent back word, I sent you something beyond price, and you send to me something that sells for a debased coin of no monetary value? The rabbi replies, my desirable things and your desirable things are not to be compared unto her. Her means wisdom and knowledge. I'll teach that Friday. You sent me something that I have to guard, whereas in I sent you something that guards you. Powerful. It guards you while you sleep. He guards you while you're awake. As it is said, this is the rabbi, as it is said in Proverbs 6.22, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk to thee. Take my word and put it on the doorposts of your house that you may have long and good days. Can I have an amen? Do you receive that this morning? I know it's new. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen.